morning. It is good to see y'all this morning. Is this too early to say y'all ready for the new year? I won't say it then. I won't, I won't remind you that 2023 will be here soon. Before we get into our lesson this morning, would y'all pray with me, please? Father, we humbly come before you and are amazed by all you've done, by who you are. When we watch the sunrise, the beauty of that morning sky, and as it sets and the colors that fill the horizon. We look up into the night sky, Father, and are amazed by all that we see, the stars. We hear all the creatures of your creation. We see the birds in the air. And we get glimpses, Father, of all the animals that live among us that keep themselves hidden. But we know, Father, that you've cared for each one. We're in awe of what you've made, what you've spoken into being, and all that we see in your creation declares your glory, reminds us of your power, of your love. So, Father, we want to add our voices, our hearts, with that creation honor and glorify you. Help us, Father, to see all that surrounds us and to grow in our faith of you, to trust you more, to know that you are faithful and that one day we can look forward to being with you. We thank you, Father, for the love you've shown us through your Son, the hope that you've given us. For through Jesus we pray. Amen. There are uh, two groups of folks today among all of us. There's some of us that if we go to a restaurant at lunch today and they bring out our order and it's not what we ordered, who will give it back and ask for what they ordered to be brought back. Right? Some of y'all will do that. But... There are some of us that will take that plate, smile at who gave it to us, and the people sitting with you go, that's not what you ordered, and we'll go, oh, it's no big deal. I'll take the onions off of it. It'll be all right. It's close enough. And we don't want to make a fuss because, well, it may be we waited so long for the food that we don't want to send it back and wait again, but part of it is... We don't have to worry anybody else about taking care of it. It'd be fine. I'll eat it as it is. Now, the thing about that is that we we look at that idea, that concept of saying it's no big deal in life and just think we've got to move on. In in a way, we we kind of view so many things in life that way. One of the themes we've had lately is children breaking bones. We've got enough, so we don't need any more volunteers to take care of it, and that's fine. 
And we look at broken bones and we look at all those things, but the reality is most of life is not about those kind of injuries, the bigger things, that most of life is actually the smaller things, the little cuts, the bruises, the scrapes, the ones that you have to look close to even see evidence that something happened to that arm or leg and put a Band-Aid on it anyway. We, we know life is more about those little things. But the thing is, is how do we treat those little injuries? When, when, whenever you hurt yourself when you're growing up and you walk up because you scraped your knee, how many of you were told just to rub some dirt on it? How many of you are told to walk it off? It's no big deal. Why are you making, or did you die? Are you bleeding? Our rule here is if you're bleeding, go outside because Hilda doesn't want to uh, clean blood off the carpet, okay? But you hear how when we, when we have those little hurts, that a lot of times we'll just go like, just go on. Why are you making a fuss about this? Don't, don't worry about those kind of things. And, and sometimes what we'll do is we'll do the same things with things that aren't physical. Oh, it's just words. I was just joking. It's no big deal. Why, why are you making a, a, a fuss about this? Because we believe in a way, I think, now the, we may be me and the frog in my pocket, so if you don't fit this, it may not be you, but I think in general what we believe is that real hurts, real things that we have to address have to be the big things. And so if what I've got going on is a little thing, it's just, I, I shouldn't even mention it. That's why sometimes we think we don't give the food back because, and get what we want because it's not a big thing. So we'll worry about those big things. So here I'm behind myself on the, on the slides. So we, we look at the big, big hurts and the big injuries, and we think that's what really matters. You've really got to be hurt. And so we go into the Bible and we say, here, let me show you some really big injuries. 2 Samuel chapter 2, when David has become king of, of part of the country, and you still have, have uh, remnants of Saul's kingdom trying to keep things going on, and so they all get into battle, and you have a group of men stand next to each other in a row, and they stab each other at the same time. Now, there's an injury, isn't it? Well, since all of them died. And we have uh, Asahel, who is uh, Joab's brother, who's chasing Abner. And he tells him, go get somebody else. Don't, and Abner tries to warn him, and so he puts the butt of his spear in Asahel's stomach, and it comes out through his back. Now, there's something you can take home to your mom and say, I got hurt. And she may not say, oh, just walk it off. You know, we, we see those kind of things, and we think, that's the kind of thing you worry about. When you say, I, th- I think my arm's broken, or I think I've got something, then we go, that's something to worry about. When we think about those, those injuries that aren't physical, but are the things that we get into our emotions and things like that, we, we tend to think that really what matters are not those little things. Somebody said something that kind of hurt or stung. Somebody did something that really is hard on us. But we, we, what we say is, well, it wasn't any big deal unless it's like a betrayal of, of somebody that was supposed to be there for us and they weren't there for us. Some kind of cruelty, some kind of violence, some kind of um, abuse that we go, that's something you've got to really worry about. Not those little things in life. And so we see those big things, those sins that are bigger. Like in Romans chapter 1, when we start to read that, we go, see, it's not the little things, it's big things. And so we have all of these things where it talks about God's wrath to come. And he talks about idolatry. Now, there's something we got to worry about. We can talk about sexual immorality, and that's what we worry about. And so when he gets down toward the end, he talks about being filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. And I cut it off there because the next thing he talks about is gossip. But that's not a big deal, is it? See, we tend to think that the sins, the problems that we need to worry about are the big ones, not, not those little things. 
Because if you get worried about those little things, you're just worried about things that don't matter at all. Is that true? And the thing is, is little things really do matter. They're not to be ignored. That when somebody says something that's hurtful, we can't just say, oh, it's no big deal. We need to to realize this is what that really is. That those little things can add up eventually to be more of a problem than what we might even acknowledge. So when we think about those smaller wounds, we have to realize that there's there's damage that's done that, that we may ignore, but the reality is they start to add up. And Song of Solomon, there's a, a verse that we might puzzle us where we go, why are we worried about that? But in Song of Solomon, this phrase, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards. Our vineyards are blooming. And any and, and of y'all going, yeah, I know exactly what that's all about. We've got to watch those foxes. We, we have them around here. I mean, every once in a while on our, our, our stuff, I get to see a video of a fox that walks by the front porch or comes by in the backyard. And, and I don't worry about foxes, do you? And here they're worried about the foxes. They're no big deal. But the reality, what he's saying is the little things have an impact on their relationship and you've got to address those little things. That's what he's talking about. And for us, when we talk about the little things, sometimes we don't think they have to be addressed, but they have to be because of what they do and the accumulation of damage. When you talk about uh, a bunch of little things at a time that eventually they do cause enough hurt that they're going to cause trouble in a relationship, they'll cause trouble in a person. Have you all ever heard the phrase, phrase, death by a thousand cuts? Now you have. Death by a thousand cuts was a way that people were punished many, many, many years ago in China and other places. And what they did is that they would just slowly cause somebody's death by small cuts all over their bodies. Now, I've complained about paper cuts, but if you have enough, you are not feeling well. And the idea of a cut and a cut and a cut, we would never say, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But the reality is, a thousand cuts added up eventually that they were going to die. If if somebody was merciful, they would give a deeper cut to end your life before you had to be tortured any longer. And so in life, when we look at that idea of little things, that we know that physically we have little things that if we ignore it, it, co- it can cause problems later on it, physically. But when you talk about the idea of, of little sins and little hurts that, that hurt us in our hearts, that we know those really do matter and we need to pay attention to those kind of things. What we say to each other and say to each uh, others. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 to 31 says, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Now, you think about the opposite of that. How many of us have said, well, it's just, it's just a little white lie. Any of you all use that phrase? But it's a little thing. It says, no, you, we speak truthfully. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Sometimes we treat anger as just a little thing. And it can be. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. And you, you, when you read those, you realize that the words we speak, they may seem small to us, but the reality is if you say the wrong things to, the, to someone over and over and over again, it has a lasting impact on all of us. 
Do y'all remember? I do. Do y'all remember times in your life when you were little, for those of us who are bigger, when you were little and somebody said something to you that was hurtful that you might look at it now and say, that's not a big deal, but you remember it because it hurt in that moment. And if you repeat those things enough times, they can add up and cause problems. So when we think about that idea of, of words, now chapter 5, he goes on. Among you there must not be even a hint of sexual morality or any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. You know, in those words, and when we talk about those kind of things, we have to remember. We may say, oh, they're just words, but the reality is God says they're not just words. That we have to pay attention to those, that when we talk about and we say things to each other that we don't think are any big deal, but they're hurtful to the other person, they do matter. You can say some things to me. You know, you can tell me all day long that you don't think my hair looks any good. It's not going to bother me. There are some people that you may say something about them physically and it would be hurtful because of something else that they've got going on in their own hearts and minds. We have to realize that, that those words can add up and make a difference. That the actions that we have, and we take seriously the words that we speak. We take seriously the actions that we do. We take seriously things that we may think are little, but we we take them seriously because God does. Does God take little white lies seriously? Does God take little cuts, little words that, that are hurtful a little bit here and there? Does He take them seriously? He does. And for us to be able to acknowledge that, we have to realize that those little things, we may think only big things matter, but the reality, we have to look at the whole of life and know even the little things in life make a difference in us and our hearts. Because they can be hurtful. And long term can be harmful. So what do we do to heal from little things? It's hard enough if you've been, had somebody betray you, it's hard to heal from that. If you had somebody who's been uh, cruel, somebody's been abusive, it's hard to heal from that. But so sometimes when we talk, talk about little things, we think we just need to get past it. But what do we need to do to really heal from it? First off, I think we have to tell the truth. Tell the truth about what they are. The section in Ephesians that before that talking about speaking truth to your neighbor and talking about our anger and talking about all those things and our words. He says, I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Do you hear in these words what he's talking about is just the way we think. He's talking about how people think and says, look, this is what was that when we have an, when we don't have an understanding, when we don't look at what's true, this is where it leads. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they're full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on new self, created to be like God and true righteousness and holiness. There's a lot in there, but I want us to boil it down to this, that we change what we think and we match it to what's true. And so that means if somebody says something that is hurtful, we acknowledge the truth about that what was said. We tell the truth about it. No matter what excuse they may give, we tell the truth about it. And so we say, that hurt. 
That was not right. Whatever it is, we have to tell the truth about it. And in telling the truth about it, it helps us to get further down where God wants us to be. And for us to be able to heal from it means that we've got to be truthful about what, what's gone on in our lives, about what somebody has done. Another part of it is we also take and put responsibility on the one who did it. We make them responsible for what they've said and what they've done. We may have been the recipient of it, but it's not us that was the one that caused that hurt. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, in talking about Christ's return, says, God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled to us as well. That God knows what's going on and they will be held responsible for what they have and what they've done. And so for us to be able to heal, what we have to do is to look at it's theirs, that it's not our burden to carry, that they're the ones that have to answer to God for what they've said, for what they've done, for anything that was hurtful. It's not ours. And we have to acknowledge that because sometimes what we'll do when somebody has done something to us or said something or been angry with us, we'll take the blame for it. Some of y'all have done that. Well, I shouldn't have. No, it's theirs. They're responsible for what they've done. And part of our healing is to acknowledge they're the ones that have to give an answer for what they've said and what they've done. We don't carry that. And give it to the right person. Part of it also is if somebody's not willing to change and they keep poking and prodding and, and cutting with their words, with their actions, it means we have to make sure that we put some space between us and them. One of the terms nowadays for that is boundaries. It says, I'm not going to put myself in harm's way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, in talking about all that had gone on, he, he gives this contrast about, you know, in the world you can't get away from these kind of folks. They're there. That's not our, ours, ours to, to judge. But he does say, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning people of the world who are immoral or the greedy of swindlers, idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave the world. But I'm writing you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister but is sexually immoral, greedy, an idolater, or a slanderer, or a drunkard, or a swindler. Do not even eat with such people. Now, part of that, now catch some of this. We may, sexual immorality, we say, well, that's a big thing. Idolatry, that's a big thing. Uh, drunkenness, well, that may be a big thing. You know, the idea of swindling. But how many of y'all put greed or slander, the way we talk about folks, into that category? So if somebody uses their words to be harmful, we put a, a separation between us because we don't want that harm to take place within this body and within our lives. That we, we make sure for us to heal, we put them over there in that category as well. We have to, if they're not willing to change, we have to do something about it. Okay, what about, what about if we're the ones that have said or done something that's hurtful to others? Our first tendency might be to dismiss it. But what we've got to look at is when we talk about words, when we talk about lies, when we talk about apathy, we may think, oh, I, I didn't intend that for that. And we'll start to demiss those kind of things. So when we think about the, that idea, and, and we'll, in our own minds, if we're the ones doing it, we'll say, it's not that big of a deal. Why are you making such a big fuss? It's just a little thing. And so those little white lies, that's no, not any big deal. Those, those ideas that it's just words that we're talking about. It's just the, the anger that we may feel. Well, you were part of that. And we'll, we'll, have, we'll try to excuse what we've done. Or, or we'll say, oh, it was just a joke. Y'all know what a joke is? 
That's when everybody involved is able to enjoy it and laugh about it. If you've got to tell somebody that you were joking because they didn't know you were joking, it wasn't a joke. It was hurtful. Because a joke is something that we could share together. And if we have to excuse and explain ourselves, we probably ought to start with, you know, what I intended was this. It wasn't that. Sorry. But do you hear how we'll defend ourselves by saying, well, I didn't intend this, or we'll give excuses for things, as opposed to just acknowledging what's true. And, and the thing about that is we have to understand and look at our lives that our words Whatever we may think is no big deal, are willing to say, I'm doing that for Christ to honor him. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through him. So everything we do is to be in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everything we do is to honor him. No matter how big or small we think it is, we need to look at it and say, is this honoring to my Lord? Now, part of, instead of dismissing things as no big deal, we need to do the same thing. We need to take responsibility for what we've said and done. I did that. And it was wrong. To give the truth about it. First John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That we're honest about our words, our choices, our actions. No matter what we may think about them personally, we have to acknowledge this is the result of what I've said. This is the result of what I've done. And, and that is not what I want to have happen. So we admit the truth. We admit the truth about what we've done. And that sets us on the path of forgiveness. When we're not unable to say the truth about what we've done, we, we will find ourselves locked up and bound by that sin as opposed to finding the freedom in it. That we take responsibility for our choices, for our words and our actions to say that's what I've done. Not to blame. My anger is mine. No matter what anybody else has done, this is something I've chosen. So I don't blame anybody else. If, I, if, you, if you hear me saying, well, it wasn't, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have done that. You need to call me up because that's not the way things work. I'm responsible for me no matter what else anybody has done. My anger is mine. My words are mine. And I need to take responsibility for what I've chosen to do in every moment. Honor and glorify God. We'll go back over. Now, this is a quote from Spurgeon that put this together. It says, Tiny foxes spoil the vineyards, and little sins do mischief to the tender heart. I think sometimes, if we're not careful, we're thinking that we're going to be able to stand before God and say, Well, I was just, I was just joking. It was no big deal. And think that we're going to be all right because in our minds it was a little thing. But in what God sees is an accumulation of what we've done. He knows our words. He knows the impact they've had on others. And you've got to be truthful with what's there. And for us, what always needs to be, we'll flip this around. Instead of saying, no big deal, we'll say, We'll admit the truth. To acknowledge what God says is true. Truth. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That's true. The truth that my sins have gone against God. No matter what I think of them as being big or small, every word, every choice I've made 
is going to be measured by what God says about it. And I'm going to admit the truth about what I've said and done. But in, in admitting the truth, I'm going to change. I don't want to be that. I don't want to say things that are hurtful to other folks. No matter how good my intention is, if it's harmful, I want to change that and stop that. I want to trust. I trust God and His promises. And when He says, if we admit what's true, if we make that change and trust Him to put Him on in baptism, we find we find freedom and forgiveness. Do you need prayers today? Do you need to make an admission that you need help to change?